speak some more around this vision that the Lord gave for us on Easter Sunday. Now remember, it was the Lord was knocking at the door of our hearts, wanting us to invite him to come in and so he could share with us mighty revelations of his love, his grace and his mercy, things way, way beyond what we already know. For us to receive this revelation will take discipline because the revelation I saw in the vision was coming up from a well. It wasn't coming from a spring because a spring we just drink. It's right there on the ground and you just drink from it. But a well, you have to do the work to get the bucket up to the top. So the vision was not a spring but a deep well and the bucket was already at the bottom of the well. And to receive, um, it took the discipline to be still long enough for the presence of the Lord and the weight of his glory to become the counterweight allowing the bucket to come to the surface of the well. As we became more aware and attuned to his presence, the bucket rose from within the well, and I think we experienced that this morning. When we reached out to pull that bucket to the side so that we could drink from it, a mighty gushing fountain shot up from the depths of that well. And then the following week, <clears throat> during worship, the Lord again showed me the well and the bucket and the fountain. But this time, some of us were diving into the fountain and some of us were diving right down deep inside that fountain. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Please let me know your stories from those who take the discipline to be still, to take the time to get totally still before God so that pre the presence of God, the weight of God will rise that bucket up for you to drink from because I believe <clears throat> the vision was for us corporately but it was also for us individually. So each of us are responsible for saying yes to that invitation that the Lord has given to us. My focus this morning is how we make a stand to protect and hold on to that which the Lord reveals to us, or even how we actually get around to accepting that invitation, not just in our heads, oh yeah, that's great, that would be great, but actually accepting it and sitting still before the Lord. Because who knows, we have an enemy that is doing all in his power to stop us getting alone with God. Doing all in his power to distract us, to hinder us. He lies to us. You're not good enough. You're lacking. He gives us many urgent, urgent tasks that need to be done right now and you can't just waste time sitting still with God. Get up and do it. Get up and do it. These are all ploys of the enemy to stop us from coming in <coughs> to what God has for us. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. <coughs> Today's scriptures, once again, are scriptures that are very familiar to all of us 
Some of us will even know them off by heart. And I just, again, want to encourage you like I did last week. Don't let the familiarity of the scriptures wash over you. Open your ears and your hearts to hear something afresh from these words of familiarity because it's the word of God and there's something new and exciting every time we open it up and read it. So it's First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. <clears throat> Be self-controlled and alert. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world, brothers and sisters throughout the world, are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Scriptures like this can be scary. That is, if we don't know what God's word says. These threats can ha carry the power to frighten us if we can't counteract them from the word of God. They'll frighten us and make us never step into all that God has for us. Because we don't want to be devoured. We're not going to poke our heads up and then the enemy won't notice us. And then there is the instruction to resist him. Well, hello, this is the devil we are talking about. How can we resist him? Isn't he powerful? Well, the good news is, that is what my message is about this morning. How? How? I'm going to tell you the how. I'm going to remind us this morning of how God and his loving kindness has provided for us so we can both resist the enemy and stand up for the kingdom. So listen up, because I don't want any of us to crash and burn. And if we are fearful of the enemy, then he's got us hooked and cooked. We need to be aware of him, but we need to know that provision is made in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, in the word of God, that we have won the battle. So I do not want anyone here to crash and burn, so listen. And why don't you turn to your neighbour right now and tell them, if you don't want to crash and burn, listen to what Jocelyn's going to say. Actually, I want you to do something this morning. I want you to stand up and go and greet one another. And as you greet one another, I don't want it just to be social air. I want you to look into each other's eyes and acknowledge that God has brought you and I, you and I, you and I, to this place together. He has purpose for us being part of his body. Let's acknowledge that we are a body here this morning and to our visitors, welcome, you are part of this as well. You're here today. So come on, <clears throat> and looking in the eye and acknowledging we are part. I know, we hate doing these things. Why she got us doing this? It's so embarrassing. 
Please do. Please do. I love your voice. It was so beautiful. I should have said that. No, just thank you. That's what God said to me. I'm to look at you. Thank you. Bless you. Gail, I'm so glad he chose you to be here with me and me with you. Hallelujah. Hey, I'm so glad that we're in the same body. <laughs> <laughs> I feel fine now. I know. Fine and dandy. Okay, okay. We're having coffee afterwards. <coughs> but it's... Oh, you guys. <laughs> it's good to acknowledge that we are part of one body, isn't it? Let, let me pray. Oh, Father God, I thank you for this place. I thank you for each and every one here this morning. Thank you for what you have already done and for what you are going to do. I thank you for your word. So, so powerful. So revealing. So encouraging. So all-knowing. I pray, Father God, that each and every one of us will seal in our hearts what you have already done and what you are about to speak to us. And that we will be diligent in applying your word to our life. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. <coughs> so the scripture this morning is Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10. And as I said, it's very familiar to most of us. Powerful, powerful instructions that we need to know so we can rely on and follow these instructions and then we will be able to resist the devil and stand against his wiles. Thank you, Lynn. Come and read it to us. So it's Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Just if you feel to. If you like. You okay to do it? Okay. Lynn's going to share a little testimony with us. Um, yeah, I um, had been having trouble with my knee and um, I ended up having to go and get some anti-inflammatories from the doctor that they sort of weren't doing a lot and I had to be careful they didn't affect me because they gave me something else to counteract with the effect of that and you know what happens. Um, but anyway, um, when I, we were at church here and... Jaffet was praying and um, last week, was it, or the week before? <laughs> yeah, two weeks ago. And, um, <clears throat> and he pr talked about healing and that God was here and he wanted to heal people. 
and I was standing up and I'd had, I was, had trouble standing there and I thought, oh, I'm going to have to sit down soon. And anyway, I felt something happening in my leg and, um, and, and um, when I finished, when the service finished, I managed to um, do the, finish the communion that I was doing and um, I could feel a little bit, still a little bit of pain and then as the <coughs> week went on, it's, um, yeah, and I'm healed, so I don't have to take any more, <laughs> anything. So that was good. God's good. <coughs> okay, I'm going to read from Ephesians six ten. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. <coughs> For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition, from all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. I meant to bring my message translation and I haven't, but yeah, the Teco people will have it. Yes, could you read it to us? Ephesians, that scripture, Ephesians 6. Yes, 10 to 18, here I'll give you this. And about that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that will walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indisp indispensable weapon. What? How far am I going? To 18? Oh, in the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and pray long. Pray for your brothers and your sisters. Keep your eyes open. 
keep, keep each other's spirit up so that no one falls behind or drops out. And don't forget to pray for me. Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it at the right time, telling the mystery to the one and all, the message that I, jailbird preacher that I am, am responsible for getting out. Sorry, I went doesn't matter. It's so cool how it's worded. Uh, isn't that, doesn't that say it clearly? No one can doubt what that scripture is saying. In the Christian life, we battle against evil rulers and authorities that are headed up by Satan. There is a time, as I have said repeatedly in the past, there is a time for sitting at the feet of Jesus in your bridal slippers. Sorry, guys, but we have to relate to being sons of God, so you can think of yourself in bridal slippers, I'm sure. There's a time when you're in your bridal slippers, just loving on him and allowing him to love back on you. And there are times when you take those bridal slippers off and you lace up your boots and you get into the battle because the Christian walk is both loving on God and fighting. Now something I must point out is that Satan is not omnipresent like God is. He can only be in one place at one time. So as important as we all might, might like to think we are, I greatly doubt that he personally is here attacking any of us. However, his hordes have been given their assignment to take us down, and so we must make a stand against them. Don't be um, scared about this. When you've got attacks coming against you, get excited, excited because you are known both in hell as well as in heaven and they are freaking out in hell. Satan is freaking out because the Christians are rising up. They are finding out who they are in him and he knows he, he knows his days are numbered. We know because it's our battle cry. If you remember back, we fight from victory, not for victory. Do you remember that? So don't be scared. Get excited. You must be a threat or they would not be worrying about you. I love that thought that hell is so afraid of us. So afraid of us. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. When you know you're in a battle, think, hmm, they must feel threatened or they wouldn't be taking the time. Don't ever let fear cower you down. Recognise yourself as the powerful warrior that the Holy Spirit within you has enabled you to be. We each must fiercely protect what has been entrusted to us, both our, both our identity in Christ and the holy call that is on our life. The call of God on our life is holy and we need to treat it as holy. It is an awesome, awesome privilege that God has created us to be someone 
special and to fulfill a special task. It's not a, um, well, the, the enemy would have you just shrug your shoulders and, you know, treat it lightly. Do not treat the, the gifts that have been placed in your life or the call that is on your life. Do not treat it lightly. They, it comes from heaven. The Holy Spirit is within us to help us fulfill that. It's holy ground and we must fiercely, fiercely protect it. And we must also fiercely protect through prayer the identity and call on other believers' lives. Don't criticise any who are struggling. Pray for them. And, and encourage them. Be like Aaron and her. Remember, um, there was a big battle going on. And oh my gosh, this is terrible. I can't remember if it was Abraham or Moses. Moses, thank you, thank you. Little wee mind block here. Mo Moses was up the top of the Of course, it was Moses. Moses was up the top of the hill. And as long as he held his hands up and prayed, they were winning the battle. When he got weary and his arms started to fall down, um, they would start to lose. And so Aaron and her went up onto the top of the hill and they stood one either side of Moses and they held his arms up for him the whole time that that battle raged. We must be Aaron and hers to one another because there are times when we will be the ones that are in, at the top of the mountain in victory and there are times when we will be the ones down there needing to be lifted up. So let's have a look at this scripture. Ephesians chapter 6. This is not a physical set of armour. I know it helps some people. They actually stand and physically go through it and put it on. And that's okay if that's helpful to you. But it is not physical armour. It is more powerful than physical armour. This is Christ that we are putting on. So verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Praise God we don't stand in our own strength, but in the Lord's strength and in his mighty power. It won't just work to declare you are standing in God's strength if you don't know it. If you don't know it, it's the declaring what you know, not just blabbing and grabbing. It's declaring what you know to be truth that gives you that power. Learn to recognize the Holy Spirit working in you, releasing his power into you and through you and covering you with his armor. Verse 11 and 12. Put on the full armour of God, not just part of it, but the full armour, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We must stand against the devil's schemes because he or his cohorts has schemes to take you down and to use you to take others down. We do not battle against other people. We battle the powers of darkness. These are very, very real. They are not mere fantasies made up to frighten children into being good. There is a bogeyman. There is a bogeyman. And he might not live under your bed, 
little child, but he is real. Shoot, I, the kids have gone out, haven't they? Um, he is real. He is demonic. And he will do all he can to scare you, stop you being who you are. We face a powerful army whose goal is to defeat Christ's church. So are we going to sit by and let life point be robbed, defeated, devoured? Thank you, Malcolm. I'm pleased you're joining me. Are we going to sit by and let life point be robbed, defeated, devoured? No, thank you. Are you personally going to take responsibility for seeing it doesn't happen? Thank you. Verse 13. Um, have I done 12? Sorry. Okay. Thank you for listening and taking notes. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. You notice you've already got the armour on. You've already got it on before that day of evil attacks you. It's no use. You know, I love that ad on TV. I can't remember what they're advertising. Something. Um, and you see the guy and he's running along um, the waterfront somewhere holding on to his life jacket saying, I'm going to put it on soon. Do you know the ad? I've done a very poor job of describing it because I don't actually watch TV much. But what is it, the whole ad is saying, what is the use of running with that blimmin' life jacket in your arm? You need to have it on before you go out to sea. Same with us. It's no use waiting till the attack comes and then start thinking about putting the armour on. If we need to stand with that armour on constantly, constantly be armoured up, standing firm. Verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. The belt is the first thing that goes on in the armour and it is so vital that it's the belt of truth because if you aren't believing the truth, if you aren't believing that God loves you, if you are not believing that God is loving and God is kind, if you are believing in some way that you are deficient, that you are not worthy of God's love, then the rest of the armour will not sit straight on you. We must believe truth. God is kind. God loves us. We are in a season of grace and mercy. Judgment is coming, but in this season, it's grace and mercy. Truth, and the only way we can find out truth is through reading the word and letting the Holy Spirit settle it within us. The breastplate of righteousness in place. Oh, how I love this. The breastplate of righteousness is us standing in the righteousness that is ours through Jesus Christ. Aren't you so glad we don't stand in our own righteousness? We stand in his righteousness. You can't fling that past sin at me, devil, because that was dealt with at the cross. 
I'm not under that anymore. I am in a right place because of the death of Jesus. Verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The gospel, the good news, the truth about Jesus gives us a peace beyond understanding. And we walk in steadfast in that peace, in that peace, in the knowledge that we are his and he has got us covered. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. What a fabulous picture that is, isn't it? Standing there with this beautiful shield of faith, not just a little wee round one, but one from head to foot. And when the enemy flings his fiery darts at us, we put up faith now, you can't just say, oh, I've got a shield in front of me. It must be faith. You must know the word of God. You must believe it in your heart. And when the enemy flings you a, a fiery dart of doubt or a fiery dart of God doesn't really love you, you just put up that shield of faith and you rebuke it. Yes, he does. His word tells me he does, he does. Church, I know this is sounding extreme to some of you, but if you want to stand, you need to do this. You need to address it. You know, put your shield of faith up. Um, when when um, a negative thought comes to you, a negative thought about the church, the church is this, the church is that, well, yeah, it probably is because we're made up of people. And put that fiery faith up and say, yes, we might not be perfect, but we don't have to be perfect to be God's. We're gods. We were always told at Bible college, if you ever find the perfect church, don't go and join it because you'll stuff it up. Their words exactly, not mine. And yeah, so, you know, don't look at what's wrong. Look at what's right. Don't look at what's wrong with other people. Look at what's right with other people. When the enemy is throwing you a negativity, oh, did you see them? Did you see what they did? Then just put that fiery dart up and say, I will not dwell on that. Whatever is noble, whatever is good, whatever is pure, I will dwell on that. These things about that person and think on the good things. Do not allow those negative thoughts to enter into your head. You know, it was a huge breakthrough day for me when, as a Christian, I realised I controlled what I thought. I just thought if a thought popped into your head, that's what you thought. I found out I don't have to think. I can take these thoughts captive, put them under Christ. Whew, hallelujah. Be good if someone was a little bit excited other than me. I just love this armour. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Um, verse 17, take the helmet of salvation. Wow, plant that helmet over on your head, over your mind. I am saved. Jesus' blood um, has saved me, rescued me, set me free. Keep that helmet and that truth of your salvation going strong. And da da da, da verse 17b, and and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Wow. Only one, only one attacking weapon here. All the rest is protection. 
and we look at what that protection is. It's a person. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. His righteousness, his truth, his faith, his salvation, his peace. It's Jesus that we put on. It's Jesus that protects us. He is our stronghold. He is our righteousness. He is the leader of our army. But how do we use the word of God? Now again, very familiar scriptures. You'll all be familiar with it. Turn with me to Luke chapter 4. Verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the, des- in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. I'm not speaking on this this morning, but you might like to note it was the Holy Spirit that led him in to be tested. Count it pure joy when you face testings and trials of many kinds. He ate nothing during these days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone. The devil led him up on a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will be yours. Again, Jesus came back with the word of God. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to... Remember, he's starving. He's been in the desert fasting for 40 days, going through all sorts of temptations and, and tests by the enemy. And he still is standing strong on the word of God. We can do it too because we have the Holy Spirit within us. It's not us standing in our own strength, remember. It's us standing in the strength of God. We can do this, church. Um, um, the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And what did Jesus do? Oh, wow, this sounds like fun, jumping without a bungee cord even. No, he did not. He went again and he used the word. It says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Listen to this though. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time came. Jesus won. Jesus defeated him. But the enemy didn't go away for good. And church, that's how it will be for us. We will win 
because we're standing in the strength of God, wrapped in the armour of God. But it's not a one-off. It's not anyone who's been a Christian more than five minutes knows it's not a one-off. He will be back. He will be back. So stay alert. Stay focused. Stay strong. Stay wrapped up in the love of God, which is the armour of God. To use the word of God as our weapon, we must apply faith to it. We must apply faith for us. As I said, most of us are very familiar with the scripture. Most of us have heard teaching, many teachings on these verses. But I wonder if most of us apply this to our lives. What happens when negative words come against you? Do you apply the word of God to it? Or do you let those negative words settle? Whether they're negative about you or about somebody else. What about your circumstances? You come to a tough circumstance, really tough, some circumstances that some of you are going through even right now. Do you look at the circumstances and blame God? Do you look at the circumstances and say this is just too hard? Or do you apply the word of God to your circumstances? Your word says that you will turn all things to good. Your word says count it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds because you are doing a work in us. Church, this is the practicalities. This is the working out of these things. We can know these scriptures. We can recite them, but are we applying them? That is the very important question. You know, the night my husband dropped dead on the, um, on the floor... When everyone had gone and I was alone, I sat there on that couch and I said, I do not feel like this, but I choose to count it pure joy because I know your hand is in it. You know, that has been a key that has held me and and John held us both strong through our Christian walk flung across our bed in tears about, especially when John was working through his whole issue of being a fairly high up member of the Masonic Lodge. And um, you know, the, the meanness that came against us at that time. And we'd be just flung across our beds, crying our eyes out. But nevertheless, God, we will count this as pure joy. I think you all know he worked through it and he, of course, came out of the lodge. But it was very tough days, very tough days. Be careful how you treat other people. People are not evil. People might be deceived, but they are not evil. What they practice might be evil, but they are not evil. People who practice evil are deceived. God has put them across our path to love them and to care for them and introduce them, pray for, pray for them and introduce them to the Lord. 
So to use that word of God as our weapon, we must apply faith to it. It's no use just head knowledge knowing scripture. The devil knows scripture better than us, but he will twist it and make it say anything. That's why I say to you I don't always have the scriptures up there because you must check things out with your own Bible. I could say anything on a Sunday, and if you don't check it out for yourself... I hope, I, pr I pray actually, God don't ever let me say anything <clears throat> that will lead people astray. Right, where am I up to? I keep going off on these tangents. <clears throat> it's no use just head knowledge, knowing scripture. The devil knows it probably better than us and he will twist it. Therefore, we must know it in our knowers. No, deep, deep down, not just in our heads, but down deep that we can trust the promises of God and his loving kindness to us. To know that we can trust the promises of God, we have to know what the promises of God are. How do we know what the promises of God are? We have to constantly remember he is for us, not against us. To do this, we need to meditate on the word, ponder it, study it intently. A quick read through the day's readings without pausing to actually think on what they are saying will not produce the weapons that we need. So church... Accept God's invitation to drink deeply from his well and let the word of God soak you thoroughly through. Can't finish without looking at verse 18 of Ephesians 6. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying, not just for yourself, but for all the saints. Don't just pray for you and yours. Pray for all the saints and for all who do not yet know our great and wonderful God and his love, loving kindness, grace and mercy. And when you are under attack, you know, I know for me, sometimes it actually takes me a couple of days to think, oh, hang about, I'm actually under attack here. When you are under attack, don't fight the battle alone. Ring people, text people. You don't have to tell them what you're going through. Just say, could you please keep me upheld in prayer? And people will do that. People will do that. Don't fight the battle alone. And if by any chance somebody does text you and ask you for prayer, don't get all judgy-judgy. Just accept the assignment and the privilege that someone has trusted you when they need prayer and they will pray for you. Let me pray. Oh, Father God, we love your word, your loving kindness, the armour that you have given us to wear, your beautiful, beautiful son, Jesus, wrapping himself around us to protect us with his truth, with his breastplate, with his peace.
peace, with his helmet, with that shield of faith, that trust we have in you and your goodness, and giving us the word to make a stand. We thank you that you know our needs. You know we cannot stand in our own strength. And so you have left us the Holy Spirit to indwell us, to carry us on this journey of the Christian walk. Our hearts are ever so grateful to you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.